Amen. I'm going to invite you to go with me to the word of the Lord. I want to direct your attention this morning. Amen. Uh, to the book of Mark, chapter number 8. Amen. Mark, chapter number 8. And we're going to be reading from verse 22, a few verses in the gospel according to St. Mark. Amen. Mark, chapter 8, and verse 22. Amen. I sure enjoy the fellowship of this church. Amen. It's beautiful. Amen. I, I, I was thinking we probably could just stay and talk for 30 more minutes and just have a great time talking to one another and leave, leave it encouraged and feeling good about what God is doing. And amen. amen. I'm, I'm just thankful. Amen. For every one of you in the house of the Lord this morning. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. If you have it, say amen. 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 And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him. Amen. Aren't you thankful for good friends? Amen. Amen. Good friends. Amen. You know, one of the things I've realized in preaching and studying the Bible is if when you read the Bible, if you'll take time and read every word, you'll find out there's a whole lot more there than you realize. Amen. Amen. Because the story of the blind man is also about good friends. That will bring you to Jesus. Amen. Your friends ought to be people that bring you to Jesus. Amen. Amen. If your friends take you away from Jesus. Amen. You should cut off friends as such. And find you friends that bring you closer to Jesus. And these friends. Amen. uh, They contended for this blind man's miracle. They besought him to touch him. Amen. The, The friends of the blind man. Amen. They they begin to. I don't know if this, both of the hymns in this verse are lowercase. So I don't know who exactly it's talking to, but whether it's beseeching the Lord to touch the blind man or the blind man to touch the Lord, amen, is something that's very important, amen. Uh, and he took the blind man by the hand. This is talking about Jesus now after the friends brought the blind man to Jesus. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, someone said, that's kind of nasty. And when he spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And verse 26 is very important. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, talking about the town of Bethsaida, nor tell it to anybody in the town. Uh, So don't go back to Bethsaida, and and for certain, don't tell anybody in the town about what just happened. And uh, my title tonight, today, uh, is Debilitating Unbelief. Amen. Debilitating Unbelief. And uh, let's set our Bibles down and ask the Lord to speak to us one more time. Amen. Ask the Lord to speak through me and to your heart today. God, we come before you. We're thankful for your presence once more. We believe, God, that you have a word prepared for the church today. I pray, God, for your anointing upon my lips of clay. I pray your anointing upon every heart and every mind that we would be able to receive the word of the Lord today. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. 
Amen. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26 tells us the story about a blind man in the city of Bethsaida. And there's another scripture in the previous gospel, the gospel of Matthew chapter 11. Amen. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 21. Jesus references uh, this same city. And he says unto the people, Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Amen. We see from connecting different verses of the Bible a little bit more background and color to the city of Bethsaida, how that it was an unbelieving town. Amen. Chorazin and Bethsaida were small towns north of the Sea of Galilee. And these cities had been witness to Jesus' teachings and Jesus' miracles on several occasions. But they would not repent according to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. They saw what God uh, did. They heard his teachings, but they would not repent. They would not change their ways. Some people will tell you in, uh, in, in error, they'll say, well, if, if we just had a miracle around here, we would believe that God could do great things in our church. If we just saw some great things around here, we could believe that God would do it. Well, if we just had a good enough preacher around here to preach it just right, we would believe what your, the Bible tells us. Amen. But as long as we're not seeing miracles, as long as we're not... To, Hearing uh, the, the word of God the way that we want to hear it, we're not going to believe. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you today, amen, that that's a cop out for why some people refuse to believe. Because Bethsaida and Chorazin in the Bible were towns that heard the teachings of the Master and saw the miracles of the Master, and yet still they would not repent. And their unbelief was debilitating. Their unbelief was debilitating. Amen. The reason you can't believe and some people cannot believe is because their view of Jesus is skewed. Amen. Their view of Jesus, amen, is an error. They see him the wrong way. Hallelujah. Let me uh, let me talk for a little bit about the, the gospel according to St. Mark. Amen. A little bit more about this uh, this gospel. Amen. This particular story of the healing of this blind man is recorded only in Mark's gospel. Amen. What we read in Mark chapter 8 verses 22 through 26 is only found in, God, in, in, the, in, in Mark's gospel. And it's not found in Matthew or Luke or in John. Amen. The gospel of Mark is primarily action oriented both in content and in intent. And this is seen through the use of the word immediately that's sprinkled throughout Mark's gospel and the synonyms around that word that's used more than 40 times in the gospel of Mark. Accordingly, Mark, amen, devotes more description and space to the actions than the teachings of Christ, giving brief excerpts of his sermons and dispensing with any description of ancestry that you read in other gospels. Amen. In favor of beginning with Jesus' baptism into ministry. Amen. The primary intent of the gospel according to St. Mark is clearly to engage the audience in the gospel to the point of action. 
to engage the audience in the gospel to the point of decision upon immediately hearing the word of God. Amen. Mark's gospel calls for action. It calls, amen, for not a bunch of verbiage, not a bunch of words without meaning, not a bunch of uh, thing, people, amen, and just talk a big game, but people that actually do something for God. Probably the reason for this, if you begin to study a little bit deeper in Scripture, the reason for this slant, if you will, and theme of Mark's gospel is that Mark's account, amen, came from the apostle Simon Peter's narrative of Jesus' life. Amen. Much of what you read in the gospel according to St. Mark was given by the apostle Peter. Amen. And Mark began to capture it. And I believe it's that that reason, amen, that gives Mark's gospel that slant towards action and doing the will of God and seizing and grabbing a hold of things. Amen. And Mark, amen, his qualification for recording Peter's narrative is reflected in the close relationship and positive regard between Peter and Mark. Hallelujah. There's a reason why Mark's gospel is written in such a manner. Hallelujah. It's about action. It's about doing. It's about praxis. It's about doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Here in the gospel of Mark's chapter 8 verse 22, we read about a blind man from the city of Bethsaida. Amen. You will find, amen, the, how, how the story quickly moves from uh, the friends of the blind man beseeching Jesus or, or the blind man to touch the other person. And immediately, what does Jesus do? He doesn't even stop and talk to him. But you notice the actions of Jesus immediately. Let me borrow Brother Noah for a minute. Immediately, amen, they, they, he reaches out to touch him. And God just grabs his hand and says, let's go. We're leaving Bethsaida right now. I'm taking you out of this unbelieving town. Amen. So I can do a miracle in your life. Amen. Immediately, God begins to work. Amen. The touch of God. Amen. Takes the blind man from where he is. And it takes him to a place. Amen. Where he can believe. Amen. Jesus, the first thing he does is he reaches out. He grabs a hold of a person's life. He touches them. And it's that moment of divine encounter. Amen. Where the blind man had to willingly follow the leading of the Lord Jesus. When God touches you and God reaches out. Amen. And reaches out to your need. Amen. And God grabs a hold of you. What you've got to do is say, I will follow you, Jesus. I'll follow you. I believe. Amen. That you have the answer for my life. Hallelujah. There is a reason why Jesus, as the Bible says, took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town before killing him. Bethsaida, as we read in the book of Matthew, amen, 11 and 21, Bethsaida is called out, amen, particularly called out and rebuked by Jesus as a place of unbelief. Bethsaida is rebuked in Matthew's gospel, 11 and 21, as a place of unbelief, a place that saw miracles, a place that heard, amen, revelatory heavenly teachings, and that still could not believe that God could do it for them and still would not repent and follow the Lord so the Lord realized if I'm going to heal this blind man I've got to get him out of his environment of unbelief I've got to lead him out of the environment of unbelief so I can bring him to a place amen where he's not weighed down with all of these things and the naysayers that say well God can't heal you that didn't really 
really happen and all kinds of excuses and reasons why God didn't do it. Sometimes Jesus has to isolate you and I from the negative influences in our lives. Sometimes God's got to isolate you, amen, from the negative influences in your life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. You've got to get around believers of like precious faith. I remember growing up in church, Sister Gutierrez, and there would be ten different times and services where we would experience somebody that would come in full of the devil, demon-possessed. And you didn't know it at first because they acted normal, but all of a sudden they started acting out and making noise and contorting their body. And I remember a lot of the elders would get together and say, now, they talk to the church, now, if you're in this place today, and you haven't been repented of your sins, and you don't believe God can do it, get out of here. This is the way it would go down many times. Amen. It doesn't always happen that way, but they, they would make sure, if, if you're going to be in here for this, this God to deliver this person, and you don't believe that God can do it, leave. If you're here today and there's unrepentant sin in your life and your heart's not right with God, leave. Because when this devil leaves this body, it's going to go to somebody else. Somebody else that's weak is going to pick up on the spirit that's looking for a host. Hallelujah. And I, I just got to believe, amen, that God understood some things. If I'm going to deliver this person, if I'm going to kill him, I've got to isolate him and bring him out of the naysayers, the doubters, and the unbelievers so I can speak into his life and he can receive healing for his, his blindness and his illness. Hallelujah. Jesus also tells the blind man. And here's what I'm talking about. Some of the things I'm talking about when you read scripture and you pay attention to the words that's written on the pages. Amen. You know, let me give you a little bit of advice. Amen. What you ought to do in prayer. Amen. Is just read one. Read, get a chapter of the book, a chapter in your Bible and read one verse at a time. And just think about each word, each verse, and pray about it. And then go on and read another one. God will begin to speak to you. Things will begin to come off the page. And you'll begin to see things happen. And then the word of God come to life. But Jesus also tells the blind man to not go back into the town that he came out of. And furthermore, not to tell anybody in the town what has happened Hallelujah. When God delivers a man or a woman, He sets them free. He breaks the chains of bondage. Amen. There's an inclination to want to go back to the things that we're familiar with. Back to the old boyfriends. Back to the old girlfriends. Back to our habits. Back to our ways. But Jesus says to the blind man, don't go back to the city. Don't go back to where I brought you from. Hallelujah. If God has brought you to this church and God has saved you and delivered you, don't go back to old relationships. Don't go back to old vices and the old hang-ups and the old crutches. Amen. But from this point forward, God, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to hear your voice and do what you want me to do. Hallelujah. Don't go back to where God brought you from. Hallelujah. We continue reading about this story in Mark's gospel. Amen. The blind man here in Mark chapter 8 is an emblem of humanity that's darkened in understanding. It's incapable of discerning truth. It's blind to moral beauty and to heavenly glory. 
Hallelujah. The world that we live in today is blind. Amen. Spiritually blind. They cannot see. Amen. They can, some of them hold the same Bible you've got, but it's in their house. It sits collecting dust in a shelf or a coffee table or some pretty china cabinet. Amen. But they don't realize that this Word of God is alive. It's got power to re- It's got power to heal, power to save, power to deliver this Word of God. It's got power. It's potent. It's a powerful word from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's got power to change your life. It's got power to change my life. It's got power to bring deliverance. Amen. It's got power to do what God intended for it to do. Hallelujah. But this blind man is, amen, emblematic of humanity that's darkened in understanding and is incapable of discerning truth and blind to the revelation of the things of God. But it takes somebody like you and I. It takes somebody like the church, Brother Daniel. Amen. It says, come here, blind man. Come here, sinner friend that doesn't know the Lord. Let me lead you to where Jesus is. Hey, you're blind. You don't know the Lord. Let me show you where Jesus is. I don't have to have all the answers, but if I can take you to meet the man Jesus, if I can introduce you to Jesus, I believe that he'll take it from there. And that is another thing that we see in Scripture. He had some people that were his real friends that led him to Jesus. Amen. I'm convinced, Brother Paul, that these people didn't have all the answers. But they said, we know one who does. Amen. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a physician. Amen. I I don't know all of the different things that you're struggling with. But all I know is there's a man named Jesus. And if you can come in contact to Jesus, he'll help you. God wants to take this church, amen, from being an insular, isolated church to being a church where people are reaching out, saying, friend, amen, it looks like you've got a problem. Let me show you where the master is. Amen, I met a drug addict on the street. I met an alcoholic on the street. I don't know how to, all this 12 steps for Alcoholics Anonymous, but I know Jesus. I don't know how you deal with the depression, but I can introduce you to Jesus. I don't know how to get out of your problems, but I can introduce you to Jesus. And these men in Scripture, they brought him to Jesus. I believe this is the role of the church in 2021. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not uh, I'm not on where I need to be yet in the Lord. I'm not on fire for God as spiritual as everybody else in the church. And I, I don't look like a Christian just yet. Amen. But these men, the Bible, all it tells us about them is they brought him to Jesus. They brought him to Jesus. Friend, here, let me tell you today. Amen. God wants to use you to make an eternal impact in this world. In Stockton, in Manteca, in Lathrop, in Tracy, in Riverbank, Oakdale. Amen. Wherever you come from today, God wants to use you. God wants to use this church. It's the will of God, amen, that everybody, amen, be a soul. And everybody reach out to somebody in their world and say, well, I don't know if I can explain it the way the pastor did or, or brother so-and-so or preach like brother Jones or brother Smith or whomever. Amen. But all, all I know is 
If we'll just close our eyes and lift up our hands and pray like this, I guarantee you'll feel the Lord and God will begin to help you. You say, well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain the oneness of the God. And I don't know how to explain holiness and all the principles. I don't, know, I don't know all the Ten Commandments. All I know is when I come to church, I feel the Lord. So if you've got a problem, just do like me. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands. And I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder. We're going to pray. And God's going to help us. I'm going to introduce you to Jesus. Because the same God that's in this place goes with you when you leave this place. He's with you on your job. He's with you at your family reunion. He's with you in the street. He's with you in the store. He's with you. He's with you. Let him work in your life. Hallelujah. Don't have this. Don't be hindered and debilitated by unbelief. Hallelujah. It's interesting as you read the Bible to see the response of the blind man, particularly in verse 24. God heals him. God touches him. A miracle takes place. But verse 24, the blind man's response, he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. I see men as trees walking. Implies perhaps he might at one time had vision and had become blind. He knew what trees looked like. He knew uh, some of these, these terms that are used in this particular verse. He sees some things. But interestingly enough, a man even after the Lord touches this blind man and does a miracle for him, his view of fellow man is still distorted. His view of his fellow man is still distorted. He sees men as trees walking. He's not seeing things clearly just yet. He's not seeing things the way that uh, he's intended to see them because... Uh, there's still something that's in his life that hasn't been completely cleared out and removed. Yes, God can save you. Yes, God can heal you. Yes, God can deliver you. But I'm here to tell you that there's another part of the process. There's another part of the salvation experience that God wants to go the other half and complete for somebody in this place today. You say, well, I've come to church. I've given my heart to God. I've repented. I've repented of my sins. I've been water baptized through the Holy Ghost, but I'm still struggling with my relationship with my fellow man. The way that I see my brother, the way that I see my dis- my sister, it's distorted. It's contorted. It, the things don't make sense. I'm looking at my fellow man, my brother, my sister, and I can't help but I see them the wrong way. I see them in a distorted view, in a distorted fashion. Hallelujah. The way to get through that situation in your life, your horizontal relationship, is to do what this man did. Allow God again, as he does does in verse 25, allow God again to put his hands upon you once more. To allow God to continue to work in your life. 
God, I'm still struggling with issues. I'm still struggling in my relationships with others. I still view people in a negative way. And, and I still see people in this, this distorted view. God, you've got to help me put your hands upon me again. Continue to work in my life. That I can see clearly. That I can see as you see people. Amen. I've got to allow the Lord to continue to put his hands upon my life. Right. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason some people here can't love one another is because they said, God, that's enough. You put your hands on my life. I'll take it from here. And some people can't say hello to others in the church for whatever reason. Amen. Their, their view of other people in the church is distorted. And they look and they sneer and they look at people and they, they see men as trees walking. Amen. They don't see that that's the brother in the Lord. That's the sister in the Lord. Amen. That's the pastor's wife. That's the pastor. That's brother so-and-so. That's my brother in the Lord. That's not my enemy. Amen. You see men as trees walking because God's got to put his hands one more time upon your life. And as long as you stop right in the middle and say, God, from here and no more, amen, you're going to see people distorted. You're not going to see things clearly. Amen. There is a love that God wants to put in the hearts of every believer where you can love your brother, you can love your sister, regardless of how they treat you, regardless of how they look or sound or smell or whatever happens in their life. You can love the alcoholic that stinks from head to toe with alcohol. You can love the homeless man that has a stench from the streets. You can love anybody and everybody when his hands been put upon your life again. Because some people stop. Their belief only takes them so far and then the rest of the unbelief kicks back in. And it's debilitating. This town of Bethsaida had a debilitating unbelief. And God said, I'm not, I can't do no more miracles here. There's so much doubters and haters and naysayers in this town. I've got to get the blind man out of here. I've got to take him out of here. Hallelujah. I've got to deliver him. Hallelujah. And God, amen, wants to do that. Amen. He, God heals him again as we read in verse 25. Amen. He puts his hands upon his eyes and makes him look up. And he's restored and sees every man clearly. Amen. God's in the process. God's in the business of making people whole. Yes. Amen. Here's again where people are today. God's touched you. And you believe that God can do great things. And, and he has power. But you've not allowed God to complete you. Amen. You've not allowed God to complete the work he's begun in your life. Hallelujah. God wants to take you further in him. Hallelujah. Because of this lack. Amen. Of being made whole. Amen. Your, your view of others and fellow man is distorted. You see things distinctly. You see objects. You see things, amen, you got a little bit of vision, but you think everything's good. You think this is how it ought to be. Now I can see distinct objects, amen. But God says, I, I want you to not just see distinctly, but I want you to be able to distinguish objects one from another. I want you to distinguish your friends from your enemies. I want you to begin to, to distinguish holiness 
in importance. You're still perplexed by what you see in others in your limited view. But you need what you need, what you and I need is faithful and repeated application to the word of God. And a heart that desires to know and see Jesus more clearly. If you stand with me today. The way to get your unbelief and your healing of wholeness is faithful and repeated application to the word of God. And maintain a heart that desires, that desires to know Jesus. Faithful, faithfulness. When you feel like it, when you don't feel like it. Faithfulness, when you're busy, when you're not busy. Faithfulness. How do I get where God wants me to be? Faithfulness to the house of God. Faithfulness to pre-service prayer. Faithless in tithes and offerings. Faithfulness. Just keep showing up. Keep doing what God's called you to do. Consistent application of the word of God. Consistent application of the word of God. God, each and every day, I'll get the word of God. And even though it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, I'll read it. Because there's faith that comes from hearing the word of God. And I'll apply it to my life. I'll apply it to my life. I'll apply it to my life. And whenever the preacher preaches so long that it's based in the word of God, I'll apply it to my life no matter how uncomfortable it makes me feel. No matter how disagreeable I think it is. If it's in the word of God, I'll apply it. And I'll apply it. And I'll apply it to my life. And above all things, God, I'll keep in my heart a desire to please and to know you better. To please and to know you better. Faithful. Faithfulness. Consistent application to the word of God. And a heart that says I've got to have what God has for me. The last thing I'll point out from scripture. Amen. Is that this man. This blind man in Bethsaida, after he followed the Lord wherever God was leading him, and you gotta follow Jesus. The blind man in verse 24 was honest with the Lord. He was honest with God. God, I, I, I'm doing better. I, I can see out of my right eye. It's blurry. Not there yet. But I gotta be honest with you, God. I still got these struggles. I just can't. I just can't see it clearly. I'm just struggling with the holiness part. I'm just struggling with the giving part. I'm just struggling, God, with 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 the dress. With the I'm struggling, God, with my language. I'm struggling, God, with my habits and, and relationships. I'm struggling, God, with the pills. I'm struggling, God, with whatever it is. You've got to be honest with God and take it to God. And be willing to say, God, I'm going to give it all to you. God, I'm going to give you my struggles. I'm going to give you my questions. I'm going to be open and honest with you, God. And God, if you'll touch me again, 
I know you'll help me to go forward. God wants to help somebody here today. You struggle with unbelief and believe in this preacher, believe in this Bible. Amen. What we're talking about in Scripture. It's just a struggle. As long as you keep that unbelief in your heart, it's going to be that debilitating factor in your heart that handicaps you from ever going forward in God. But if you'll give that to the Lord and say, God, I see ministries. My relationships are still a mess. I see people the wrong way, God. I got problems with this person and that person in church. I got this struggle, this hang-up, and this obsession, God. But God, here it is. I'm putting it into your hands today. Would you take my struggle? Would you take my handicap? Would you take my unbelief, God? And would you touch me again? Would you work in my life again? God wants to complete the miracle for somebody today. But it all has to do with how do you see Jesus? How do you see Jesus? And my final, final point. That this was the point of the lesson in Mark chapter 8. Because if you continue reading your Bible, it goes from this story of the blind man to the very next few verses. Is Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Amen. He was interested in how they saw him. Because if they could see him as he was, then all things were possible. If Peter could see Jesus as he was, and he would have the revelation, then Peter could stand in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost and say, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It matters how you see the Lord. I want us to lift up our hands in this place. And I want us to reach out to the Lord. And there needs to be some open and honest prayers before the Lord. Hallelujah. Crank it up a little bit more. Amen. This altar is open. Amen. Pray where you are or get out from where you are and get down to an altar. But somebody needs to pray and say, God, I've still got my problems. I still see things the wrong way. I'm still not getting it, God. I'm still not seeing it clearly, God. Take me. Take me from where I am to where you want me to be. Touch me. Touch my eyes. Touch my heart. Touch my soul. Help me to get the revelation. Help me to get the understanding. Help me to love holiness. Help me to love giving. Help me to love consecration. Help
Sing our praise. 